Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Welcome to today's episode. I am really excited to be with you today. And I have a special guest and friend and my pastor, Cal Garcia, with us. Pastor Cal, welcome. Well, thank you, Pastor Evan. It's great to be with you this morning. We're excited to cover a really important subject matter, uh, and we'll get into that in just a minute. You serve currently as the lead pastor of Auburn Hills Christian Center. Tell us a little bit about uh, pastoring there and how much you're enjoying that. Well, first of all, Pastor Evan, I've been in ministry 46 years and 37 of those in the Michigan district. Awesome. In the last 20 years at Auburn Hills Christian Center, I love my church. I, I know can say you. that. I believe so, it. I know it. I get to see that when I attend on Sundays. And uh, you've been in ministry almost as long as I've been alive. So uh, I don't know if that says I'm just young or what else it says, Pastor I know Cal. what else it says. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> well, welcome. And uh, today we're going to talk about a really important thing. You know, part of ministry uh, in Bible school and in training, uh, it's, it covers things on how to preach and how to lead and all these things. But I don't know if you're ever fully prepared to handle conflict that comes in ministry. And after uh, 25 years of ministry, much less experienced than you, but I've learned that conflict is just a part of ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes ministry conflict is unhealthy. Sometimes we mistake healthy tension uh, and think it's all negative. So take a few moments, if you would, and describe for us the difference between uh, constructive tension that can exist in ministry. That's where a, a team is working through something and there's uh, different perspectives and different views versus non-constructive, maybe unhealthy conflict that can occur in ministry. Yeah. So when I think about those two, when I think of healthy conflict, then I'm thinking there's a great outcome at the other side. That's good. So there are times that as a staff and even as a pastor leading the congregation, if I'm moving toward change, that's going to produce a certain level of conflict. It's just uncomfortable at yeah. times to leave the familiar, if you please. So if the objective is to move forward, if there's advancement, then I see that as a healthy tension. I right. see that as healthy conflict. When I think of something that's unhealthy, is when I'm dealing with an individual who is stuck, either stuck in a past situation, Mm. stuck in a past hurt. Everything that comes out seems to be negative. And try as I might, I cannot move that situation or that person forward. Then to me, that's unhealthy conflict. I like that forward progress. You know, I've learned that people love change until you change what they love. That's true. And then they suddenly have a reaction to it. I I think the the concept of forward motion is a really healthy uh, concept because um, in conflict attention, oftentimes you'll see people who want to move forward to their own agenda versus the organizational health. And uh, how do you recognize that in people? How, How do you, how do you have the ability? How have you learned to identify people who are wanting to move the organization forward versus people who are wanting to move an agenda forward? Well, I I think that becomes apparent when anything that I might bring forward, anything that I might suggest is faced with some kind of obstacle that won't work. 
I don't think that can happen. I don't think this is the right time. If nothing positive is said with anything I bring to that person, well, I have a feeling they have their own agenda. And it won't take long before they begin to promote that agenda. Sure. Starting with me or with the group at large. I remember a situation some years back when an individual came to me with something, and I made it clear to him, this is not going to work. You cannot do that and also remain in step with who we are. He was convinced he could. I told him he couldn't. Next thing I know, he's promoting his agenda. And that caused conflict. Gotcha. And unhealthy. And and I think uh, a lot of times it's really about uh, the relationship you have with someone as well. You know, I, I know on my staff, we had a phrase, uh, I want to push back on that. Mm. And when you're in a room with loving people who you know are for you mm-hmm. and for the organization, for the church, uh, you know, those kind of comments are healthy. Those are okay. When When you don't have relationship or it's out of context or you feel that, it's motivating, like you said, someone else's agenda. It creates some, uh, you feel it. You yeah. just sense it. You just know that. What are some emotional things? You know, I, I find that a lot of uh, what pastors are discouraged from that leads to depression or defeatedness. That's not a word, but I made it up. Defeatedness <laughs> in ministry. Um, a lot of times it's it's simply traced back to discouragement of conflict. Mm-hmm. Things that didn't get resolved. The person who's mad, the person who threatens to leave the church or does leave the church or whatever. How, uh, how do you think we should emotionally, uh, mentally, physically, what are things that uh, are the consequences that you have seen in pastoral life and ministers' lives uh, from not resolving conflict mm-hmm. well, not processing conflict well, how has that affected ministers from your perspective, or you personally? Even? Okay, so so I can give you a personal example. Yeah, some years back, Pastor Aaron. So I should I should digress. Yeah, by nature, I'm a kind person. Sure, by nature, right? Um, I've lived with myself long enough that I'm pretty self-aware. Yes, and and I tend to move in grace, and I rather err on the side of grace. And I remember there was a relationship in which I was involved at the church, and I was really trying to work with this individual, but. It became apparent that no matter what I did, it just wasn't good enough. And somehow, even my acts of kindness were thrown back at me. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then one day I was in some seminar and the person wasn't even focused on this and happened to make this statement in passing. And what he said was, what you tolerate won't change. Mm. And that statement revolutionized my thinking. And on the way home, the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me and said, you know, Cal, what you have been calling grace and what you have been doing with this person has really been the avoidance of confrontation. That's good. You've been thinking about the fallout and you keep moving, quote unquote, in grace. But what you're calling grace is really avoiding confrontation. You have tolerated this and then you're expecting it to change. Right. Well, that moment I decided when I deal with that person the next time, I'm making it clear. Yeah. I have tolerated behaviors from you that I will not tolerate any longer. Right. And there was a change. And in that case, the change was not in the person's personality. It was a change in location. Mm, gotcha. And the person decided to go somewhere else. And to be quite frank with you, yeah. I was fine with that. Yeah. And so there come those points that when we're dealing with those rough situations, I'm always going to move on the side of redemption, right. do my best to keep that person in the fold, if you please, sure. and um, have him not jump ship to go to another church because he's just going to carry that stuff because wherever you go, there you are. Right. But I've also learned 
that there comes a point where the confrontation has to take place. If there's a change for the good, wonderful. Right. right. But if the person decides, well, no, I'm not changing, but I'm going to yeah. change locations. I think at that point, the Holy Spirit says, you're done. You're done. Leave the person to me. Right. And, um, and the Lord has a way of dealing with those matters. So yeah. for me, that was like a very eye-opening situation for me. That's very healthy. What, what? So in that time frame, when the kindness that really was permitting things to occur, what kind of emotions did you struggle with? Every morning, every morning, I woke up with a sigh. Yeah. Every morning. <sighs> every morning. And so finally, my wife Sandy said, Cal, are you hearing yourself? Right. Every day you wake up, you're sighing. And I was sighing over that situation. So really what I was dealing with was borderline depression or sure. low-grade depression. Call it what you want. Yeah. But it was impacting my emotion. I finally told this person. I finally told this person, when you were around, I spent more time sighing than breathing. <laughs> wow. And, and, I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I'm really done with that. I want to yeah. start breathing again. Right. So Pastor Aaron, yeah. I'm not sighing in the morning anymore. Right. So that kind of unresolved situation has an impact on us personally. So for me, yeah. it was that low-grade depression, and I finally had to come to that place of confrontation yep. and resolution. That's good. And and that's what I find is is really, uh, for me in ministry and so for so many pastors I talk to, is uh, we're living with an ongoing, I'll call it the sigh, mm -hmm. like you just said, uh, it's it's different for other people. Sometimes it comes out in a sigh of defeat and depression. Sometimes anger. Sometimes mm -hmm. we start treating other people who are innocents yes. wrong. I think uh, the key is is that we can't live in this. You mm -hmm. know, um, when someone lives in prolonged conflict, unresolved, um, what do you think that does to someone's confidence and soul? And oh. uh, how do you think that permeates into their ministry unknowingly? It does shake your confidence, number one. And then number two, one of my goals in ministry, okay, so I've been doing this now with my wife for 46 years, and we determined from the start that we would have and maintain a sweet spirit. Right. I, I refused from the start. I would not become some bitter guy behind the pulpit. Right. So we have determined when it comes to grudge holding, that's just too much work. It that is. is just too much work. So I we, love we, we too just, much work. We, we just cut that stuff loose. Right. We, we've determined to pre-forgive people. They're going to, mm. they're going to hurt us. They're going to injure us. So from the start, I'm forgiving everybody in this place for no matter how many years I'm here, I'm going to cut that stuff loose because what happens, Pastor Aaron, just from anecdotal experience, yeah. a pastor gets frustrated he gets angry. Now he gets behind the pulpit. And no matter, the message could be on love. Right. But he's going to come across angry. Right. And the problem with that is he's angry with one or two people because he hasn't resolved this thing. Meanwhile, he's got 200 people out there that love their pastor. And they're thinking, why is it that he beats us up right. every Sunday? What yeah. have we done? So that, that business has a way of infecting us. Absolutely. You know, we all know the saying, you know, bitterness. What is that? Mm -hmm. That's me drinking poison right. and waiting for the other guy to die. Right. And so I've determined I am not. I am not going to go through ministry and end up with some kind of embittered spirit. That's Good. not happening. That's key. And that's huge. And that's one of the things that I think we struggle with is that it leads to pastors quitting early, yep. walking away from the call. 
I wonder if the call of God gets sacrificed because the conflicts of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so as as a pastor who's listening to this podcast and is at home and maybe they're in a season of conflict, a season of discouragement, what are some practical things? Um, we talked about the the decision, the pre-decision. I love that. I live with pre-decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. I pre-decided. I personally can't carry unforgiveness in me. It's not good for me. Mm-hmm. It affects every part of me. I feel lower energy, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are some practical things that you think pastors who are listening to this and say, I'm really, I'm, I'm sighing every morning. I'm sighing all day. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm angry. I'm hurt. What are some practical things other than the pre-decision they need to start making to forgive in advance? What are some other things they can do? Every morning, every morning, I think we should all wake up and start with the list of Thanksgiving. Mm. So every morning, thank the Lord for the fact that you're saved. Yeah. Man, start there. We have been redeemed. He loved us so much that he saved us. Number two, then he found us faithful Mm. and called us to ministry. He called us to ministry. Then remember and thank him for enabling you, for giving you your gifting, your talents. Then thank him for the people that he has given you to pastor. Don't be thinking about the ones you'd rather pastor. But be <laughs> thinking about the ones that he's given you to pastor. And then after you've gone through that litany of thanksgiving and yeah. thanking God for your family, thanking God for all the blessings that he's poured into your life, then bring him that situation. And just ask him, God, I need strategy here. Yeah. I need to know what I might to do. And either yeah. God's going to tell you what to do with that guy or gal right. day by day, or he'll tell you, you know what? You've done enough. Right. Leave this matter to me. And in the end, you know, we we love saying it, but I don't think we live it. Oh God, this flock belongs to you. Well, right. they do belong to him. They do. And 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 at some point we need to hear what the Lord has to say about that personal individual. So for me, Pastor Evan, both things have happened with me. There have been times that I have asked the Lord, please change this person. Right. Please, you do it. I don't want to have to deal with this guy. Right. And then the Lord makes it clear, no. Yeah. You deal with them. Right. I'll give you what you need. Then I have to. Right. Then I have to confront. Or there are those times that he will say, okay, Cal, there's no more for you to do. Right. And we need to be ready to do either. And I know that that has helped me tremendously. That's good. And I, and I think we have to remember what you said is very key. The Lord did call us. The Lord enabled us. The Lord gave us stewardship. So the Lord's not going to bail on us. No. And uh, I think I heard James Bradford say one time, I used to pray, God, God, help me figure it out. Now I say, God, it's your church. You got your people in there. What are you going to do about it? And what do you want me to do about it? And there's that partnership with God. And I think in conflict, we forget the partnership of God. Yeah. And we almost we almost curse the blessing of being in ministry mm-hmm. um, in those moments. So I think that's really great advice. As, as you've been in ministry for a long period of time and you've seen this victory in your life, um, just for a moment, as we conclude this podcast, uh, I think it's good for pastors who are struggling and ministers who are, are hurting right now to just reconnect with something you said that God called us and just tell us why ministry is so great. Oh my, you know, I, um, for me, ministry is great for me because when I get to see people truly taking God's word and I see growth in their lives, line upon line, precept upon precept, for me, yeah. that, that, just, that just lights me up. Yeah. So being able to see individuals become more like Jesus. Mm. When I was younger, when I was younger, yeah. you know, it, it used to kind of sort of bug me 
when somebody would come to me and say something as if it was a brand new insight that they received. Meanwhile, I have been saying that <laughs> for 20 weeks in a row somehow in my messages. Now that I'm older, yeah. when people begin to repeat to me yeah. the things that they've heard from the pulpit over the years, and it's so much their own that they don't even remember right. that I was the one who said right. it, right. that to me, I, I feel like, wow. I just, I just did it. Yeah. Lord, we just rang the bell. Wow, it's really happening. Right. They are really adapting to adopting what they have received as their own. It's, right. so, it's so much their own, they don't even quote me. Right. It's just theirs. Right. And for me, that makes ministry worth it, to see people growing in Jesus, awesome. see them come to Christ and then see them grow in Jesus. And really, since you asked me that question, yeah. that really, that outshines yeah. any, any of the other stuff. Right. I think we need to stay in touch with that, that the good of ministry yeah. uh, is really better than the bad yes. moments of ministry. Yes. Um, I, somebody said this to me one time, the good things of ministry are like a movement. We must remember the bad things of ministry are like a moment. That's great. And uh, mm. uh, I don't remember who said that. So if you're out there listening to this, I'll give you credit if you just call <laughs> me and tell me. But but I think that's really important that we run. We remember we're in a long journey of stewarding God's people and it is good and it is wonderful and it is great. It's just got some difficult chapters, maybe yeah. a couple pages that need to be turned. I also have learned one last thing. I think you've experienced this as you've been in ministry longer is the hurts today that overwhelm you. Someday are the stories you tell of God's Absolutely. victory. I, Absolutely. Take just a second and talk about how, how you look back and how real it felt like everything might've fallen apart, but how you look back now and realize God's good. How does that help you with future conflict? Okay. And again, when I was younger yeah. and that guy or gal who gave me a really hard time and when they left yeah. the body yeah. and, and they didn't leave the Lord, right. they just left one body and went to another body. And anyway, so yeah. in those days I would be thinking, oh my goodness, yeah. what did I do? How did I blow it? Right. Uh, how's the church going to survive? You know what I've learned, Pastor Aaron? Yeah. The church is amazingly resilient. Absolutely. When Jesus said that he would build his church and that the gates of hell could not prevail, he meant it, okay? Yes, he did. And so I've seen then, you know, uh, we did okay, yeah. even though that person reacted the way yeah. they did. Um, so now, after this many years, Solomon was right. There, right. There's not a whole lot of new stuff under the sun. Right. So now when some individual kind of blows off on me yeah. and says what he's on his mind and I, I'm kind of listening yeah. and I'm not saying this but I'm thinking buddy yeah. I have been here before <laughs> this is going to be okay it is. It is. if indeed you leave we're yeah. going to move forward yeah. I am not really all that concerned yeah. so there is something emboldening yeah. that occurs when we actually go through the thing That's right. you go through it you see that indeed there's victory on the other side the church is still standing God's will is still being done. He's still, his work is still prospering. So I've never had a cavalier attitude right. with people, but yep. I don't worry quite as much right. as I used to. We grow in that confidence that, you know, God got us through it. God will get us through it again. And, and then of course, there's a whole nother podcast we won't have time for, but there are those moments when you realize you're the problem in the conflict <laughs> too. And, and I think we grow from that as well. Absolutely. And his church is not fragile. No. And uh, we're more fragile than we sure. should be probably, but he is not. And so, Pastor Kel, would you take just a minute as we close off this podcast and just pray for any pastor yes. who's dealing with 
the size of ministry. And uh, just pray for us. Would you do so? I would love to. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And again, we thank you, Lord, that you were the one that called us, you saved us, you redeemed us, Lord, then you placed us in ministry. And Lord, these men and women who are listening, these are individuals, Father, that you've selected to come alongside and partner with you. Father, I'm also I'm always intrigued and fascinated by the fact that you call us co-laborers, that you would let us anywhere near your work. And yet, God, that's how you operate. So thank you for the honor and privilege of that. So Father, for those who Maybe going through a situation right now that seems so dark and perhaps the outcome seems, as far as a positive outcome, seems impossible. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just minister hope to that person, God, that they indeed would find their joy in you again. Lord, that they would experience that peace that passes understanding. And God, that you're still at work. You're at work in them. You're at work in that situation. You're at work in that local church. And Father God, I pray that indeed you would lift them, Lord, and that you would remind them of how much you love, how much you value them. And Father God, that they won't, that they won't make a negative decision to step away from what you've called them to because of the moments that they're going through right now. So Father, I don't minimize what they're going through, but God, I pray in Jesus' name that they would truly see that there's victory on the other side of this. So Father, we thank you. God, continue to help us all. We want to work and serve in a way that brings you glory and brings you honor. Bless Brother Aaron. Bless our network as a whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a really discouraged place, let me also encourage you uh, to reach out to someone. Talk to a friend. Talk to another pastor. Make sure that you don't face discouragement alone uh, because we don't want discouragement to turn into defeat. Pastor Cal, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the invitation, Pastor Aaron. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. I know it's been helpful. God bless. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.